Good morning, church. I'm so happy that you're here with us, even online, and um, I'm so happy to to be here. I can't I can't explain actually how grateful I am to for this opportunity to open up this word, God's word, and and just we're just going to read through some of these verses and just try to explain them a little bit and and hopefully get into it and and I trust and I and I pray that um, that you'll be encouraged like I was. Um, so a lot of people you don't know me. Uh, my name's Levi, Levi Yunker, and I come from PEI. I just recently got saved. I say recently, but it's actually been about four years now. So I got saved in PEI when I was about 17. So I've spent the last three years at MBBI um, just studying and learning so much. I come from a little bit of a different background, um, not Baptist, but I was taught the word, but church for me looked uh, very, very different. So it's, it's, been, it's been interesting, it's been a huge learning curve to, to be here, but it's incredible, and, and I thank God that, I'm, that he has me here and I have this opportunity. Um, because I'm not every week kind of teaching through a series or going through a book, um, I, when I'm asked to, to share something or to, or to open up the Word, I don't just immediately go, okay, well, I'm, I'm going through this book or this, this series or this study. So I, I believe, str- I strongly believe that, that my, my duty or my responsibility here is to, is to turn to a passage in, in His Word, in God's Word, and to, to just open it up through honesty and, and share how, how this, and explain how God has used this passage recently in my life. So I want to do that with you this morning. I want to open up to Ephesians 3, and, and we're going to read some scripture. So I'd love if you could open up your Bible and, and read this along with me. Um, God recently used this passage. It's in Ephesians 3, starting at verse 14 to verse 21. And over Christmas break, kind of coming back here, there was, there was days, there was durations of time where I, I let go of this salvation. I let go of this spirit. I took my mind off of God, and I let go of, of him and his power, and I stopped trusting in him, and I crawled back into my flesh. And I crawled back into to gratifying myself and to pleasing myself and doing what I want and going back to my mind and living how I want. And, and as that kind of goes up and down, um, I was reading through Ephesians, and, and he brought this to me. And, and when he did this, he reminded me who he was, and then he showed me my sin and, and reminded me that I've been, I've been called, I've been accepted, I'm, I'm in this family of God. And as he shows me, and he, as he showed me his, his greatness, his love, his, his, all of his riches and his, just his grace that I've been saved by, and then, and then myself and my sinfulness, he used this passage in my life recently to just grip my eyes and, and, and focus me on, on himself and just said, look at me, like, look at me. You need to focus on me and stop walking in your ways and in, in your own counsel and what you want to do. So hopefully, I pray that this will just be by way of, of encouragement to you 
And um, this, we'll, we'll start in verse 14. So just, I just want to open up in prayer first and ask for just God's, God's guidance. Father, we just thank you so much for this salvation that we have. Thank you that we've been saved, Father, from our sin. Thank you for how you've shown us how wretched we are, how our end is death, Father, and that we've been walking by ourselves without you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that you've, that you've convicted us, that you've corrected us, that you've, that you've put your spirit into us, and that we now have, have somewhat of a knowledge of, of who you are and how you love us, Father. And just thank you for that. We just we praise you this morning, and um, we pray that you will direct um, us through the, through these verses, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you will um, just rid me of myself, and that you will you will guide us with your Spirit through these through these words, Father, and just use them for your glory, Father. That we will be all just encouraged to to just run the race, to run after you, and we pray these things, trusting that in your Son's name, Amen. So, so starting in verse 14, I just want to read through these verses and then we'll come back to verse 14. So this is Paul. This is Paul talking to a church in, in Ephesus. So he was, he was with them for, we don't, we're not sure how long, but he was with them kind of pastoring, shepherding, correcting, helping, and teaching. And now this, he's writing this book to them while he was actually in prison. And so we'll just start reading in verse 14. So it says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of, of his glory, of God's glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and height and depth, and, and, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge, so that or that you may be filled with the fullness of God. And then he ends with, a, with this, a short praise, and it says, Now to him... And you can just picture Paul in, in, in prison. Terrible, but he's still just praising, and his heart is praising. He says, Now to him who is able to do far more abundantly, exceedingly, than all we could ask or think, according to the power at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations, forever and ever. Amen. So it says, it starts off in verse 14, for this reason. So that reason, what, what necessarily is, is Paul talking about? Well, he says it again in, in chapter 3, verse 1, says, for this reason. And throughout the whole book of Ephesians, not only Ephesians, but especially Ephesians, you see, you see Paul just, just making this, explaining how, we've been, how we were far off, how we were alienated how we were dead. It says in verse 1 of chapter 2, it says, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following this world and the prince of the, and, and Satan, in, in disobedience. 
And it says that you were far off. You didn't, you didn't know me. You didn't, you didn't know this love, this forgiveness. But then beautifully, it says in verse 4 of chapter 2, it says, but God, but God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us, that even while we were dead, that even while we were, we were strangers and, and aliens of this, this wealth that's in Christ, even while we were dead in our sin and our trespasses, that God made us alive and he, and he breathed this, this life and this forgiveness. He made us alive together with Christ and he says again, just and by grace, and it's only by grace that you've been saved. And, and so when he says for this reason, he's coming back to just this, the purpose of, of this mystery of the gospel, of how, of how somehow, miraculously, we have, we have access through boldness, and we have boldness and, and confidence in Christ now. And that even though we were, and he says, and then remember that, that you were once far off, but now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far off have been brought near. And brought near by the blood of Christ. So as, as you get into this passage in chapter 3, verse 14, Paul says, For this reason, all of that considered, that we didn't know him and now we do, and that, and that I'm preaching to you Gentiles who've been brought near. For this reason, now I bow my knees before the Father. This is outwardly, probably. He was probably down on his knees, but this is, this is a picture of, of inward. Our soul, our self, an acknowledgement of who he is, bowing ourself before the Father. And he says, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named. So, I love this passage because it's a progression. As we go through it, we'll see, it, it says a point or, or, or uh, there's a dialogue and then it says, so that. Or almost it names a question, why? And then it says, so that. So that we. Or so that you. And then there's a, there's a response to this. And so it's just, it's a clear progression of, of to the end. And the end is being, is being filled with the fullness of God. So it says, um, so in verse 15 when it says, from whom every family, Father, from whom every family, in heaven and on earth is named. We don't maybe know exactly what he means by this, but um, most people think that it's talking about just this family of God. So if you look to your left, and, and there's a brother in Christ or a sister in Christ, and you have this, this bond in Christ through his blood, and you look to your left, and there's an unbeliever who's still dead in his sin. But then over here, there's, there's another person who you, who you know and you love and you have fellowship with, in the, on this side of the world, or, in, or in, on way across the other, or right across the side of the world, um, that family of God, whether on earth or in heaven, everyone who's been who's been saved and redeemed, Paul's saying, from whom every family, a bounties between Father, the Father, who's named everyone. That's likely what Paul's means here, but he also could be talking just simply about every angelical, every spiritual. Every, every human that proceeds from, from God, that, that we are all from God. So Adam and Eve, myself, everyone, everyone everything in heaven has, has life and breath, breath and everything in him. So like, like myself, if I, if I get married and I have a child, and I have three children, 
and then they grew up, married, children. All of a sudden, it's just this branch, and it branches out. And it all comes back to me. Right? But ultimately, that comes back to my parents, their parents, Adam and Eve, father. So Paul is just, is just, is just laying a foundation for these few verses. And he's saying, for this reason, I bow my knees before him whom, whom everything, all of us, proceeds from. And then verse 15 that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being. So Paul says that according to the riches of his glory, you can just picture Paul looking through the top of his cell and picturing his father in heaven. And he's saying that that according to his riches... All of his riches, all of his mercy, all of his love, all of his power. That according to that, Paul says, my prayer for you is that you'll be strengthened from that. With power through God's spirit into your inner being. So it's, it's Paul saying from him, from him who is able, from him who is, who is powerful beyond our comprehension. My prayer is that you will be strengthened, that God will strengthen you through his spirit and he will funnel somehow, funnel all of his power and his wealth of love, funnel through his Holy Spirit into your inner being. Um, this, this phrase, he may grant you, is key. That he may grant you. It's this picture of... it's. The wording there is, is so clear how it's a gift. It can't be earned. And, and, he, and, he, and that language there, that, that God may grant you to be strengthened with power through his spirit. In your inner being. So your inner being, that kind of sounds like, like all spiritual and, and, um, and new life and stuff. But um, that, that inner being, that's, that is literally talking about your, that spirit that is, that is in you. Your, your, everla- your everlasting soul, right? So before, when we were walking in, in, in our flesh and we didn't know him, that, that, that we didn't have life in us. But now Paul is talking to Christians here and he's saying, my prayer for you is that he may grant you from his riches to be strengthened with the power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts. So he, he's reminding us now that, that, we, that we do have this soul in us. And it's a reminder that, that this flesh, that th- this, this body, this life that we have is perishing. And, it's, and we're dying. And we're getting old. We're getting weaker. And it's just 10 out of 10, everyone dies. And, and, so, and so Paul is saying that, that he wants to strengthen this eternal being, the thing that, is, that truly is everlasting. And if we turn to just Mark, Mark right quick, Mark 8, I'll read this because, because this, is, this is also key, um, that Christ may dwell in your hearts. It says, verse 34 of Mark 8, we see Jesus just after, after being just disappointed 
in the flesh and the, and the sinfulness of his followers and even his disciples. He, he, just, he gathers all the crowd with him, just calls everyone in and says, okay, sit down. And he sits down with his disciples. And he says, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would save his life would lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and for the gospel's will save it. For, for what can you, what is a profit a man to gain the whole world, but then, then forfeit your soul? For what can a man give in return for his soul? And so, so as we look at that, and, and Paul is saying, the reason here, that he, the, so that he may grant you, the reason is so that Christ, that God's Son, may dwell in your hearts through your faith. So that word dwell is, is literally like take over or, or colonize. That Christ may, may dwell in you completely and that with the perspective of, of God and, and having in mind just that everything proceeds from him, He's, he's just above. He's the eternal creator of everything. And that from him, my prayer is that through his spirit, he may grant you this strength and power so that you will have faith so that Christ may come and, and live inside of you and take over your inner being. So it's, it's that this, this verse in Mark, these verses in Mark, it's emphasizing that this life that we're living, this flesh, has no reward, has, has no meaning. It's just death. It's just destruction. And he sees his, his disciples, and, and they're not understanding, and they're, and they're selfish. And, and Jesus says, okay, everyone, just, we gotta, we got to come together and just, i got to realign for you. Listen, your flesh is, is going to perish. It's going to die. It's not eternal. It's not everlasting. But this inner being that is in you, that all of you have, you need to grab a hold of that. And he, and he says, so if, if you want to come after me, you need to deny yourself, your flesh. You need to take up your cross and you need to follow me. Because listen, if you try to save this life on earth as you come 20, if you come 40 and you're 80, if you're trying to save this life and, and, and buy into and, 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 and colonize this life for yourself, you're going to lose it forever. But, um, but whoever loses this life for me and for the sake of my gospel, then you will truly find life. And so here we see Paul telling us what that life is. The life is here so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. So that life is that is literally just, is just God in, in, in all of his power living through your inner being so that you're denying yourself, denying your flesh, but that you're, you're, you're forsaking yourself and clinging on to this, this spirit, this Christ that's in you. And he takes over your life. He takes over your, your finances. He takes over your desires takes over your passions, and that, that your life is literally his now. 
So then, we, so then go down to verse um, 17. We see another. It says, it says, so that, or the reason being that we want Christ to dwell in our hearts. The reason being is that you will be rooted and grounded in love. But again, we know that this is only possible through faith, for, through that, just that realization, that coming to God with our empty hands and just saying, I can't do it. I'm, I'm, I'm sinful and I lose and I fail every time. And God says, but I, but I want Christ to dwell in you so that you may be, be rooted and grounded and firm and that you may have that strength from God living through you in Christ to comprehend or to, to get a handle on with, with everyone, with all the saints, what is, what is the width, what is the length, what is the height, and what is the depth, and to know, that the, lo- and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge. The love of Christ, this, this gift that we've been given, this, this grace, it doesn't make sense in our, in our minds, in our, in our earthly minds. It doesn't make any sense at all. We know how rotten we are. And this thought of, of God laying down his life for us, that, that sense of, of sacrificial love for someone so undeserving doesn't make sense. But, but he says, I want Christ to live in you so that, so that when you're, you're rooted, you're grounded in, in that love, then you will, you will have that strength from God to understand or to, to, to grasp in, your, in, in the mind of Christ with, with all the saints that you're trying to do this with, what is the width, what is the length, what is the height, and what is the depth of the, of the love of Christ. That, that literally does just surpass all knowledge. That just doesn't make sense to us. And then... And then as we finish that, it says kind of the, the, the conclusion of these, of these few verses. And it says, so that, or that, you may be filled with all the fullness of God. And listen to it, that's repetitive. It says, so that you may be filled with all of, of the fullness of God. And it, and it just it doesn't make sense to us, but with the mind of Christ, we will understand that truly he's trying to funnel his life in us, all of it, that we will be filled with all of the fullness of God, that he wants us to just die to ourselves and hate ourselves, but love him and, and grab a hold of him so that we will just completely walk in the life of Christ through God will, will be manifest through us, to us, and, and to everyone that we come in contact with. It's just that death to life. It's that, it's that sanctification. And um, I, tried to expl- I tried to illustrate this, this, um, this idea to my kids at camp last summer, so the summer of camp before COVID. And so picture a big, a big um, sil- a clear cylinder bucket. And it's filled with water. It's filled with like milky water, like dirty water, filled with sand and, and grass and, and everything dirty. You would not want to drink this water. 
And then you take a hose and you put the hose in, the, in the, this cylinder of water and you turn it on. It's, it's that idea of God saying, this, this bucket of water that is just treacherous and, and, and sinful and I hate it. In your inner being, you've actually been redeemed. And I want to sanctify this and, and fill myself in that through my spirit and that Christ may dwell in you and, and give you strength to, to grow and be rooted and grounded in this love. So turning on that hose is like God funneling his spirit and his power and his love into your life. So as that, that, that bucket begins to over, overfill, slowly and, and slow, slowly, that all that dirty water starts to pour out. And, and more and more, if you leave that on for five hours, that, that water is going to be more clear and clearer and clearer. So that so you will be just more and more rid from yourself and, and setting yourself aside but be, but be walking in holiness, be walking in, in love, and, and that you will just learn to just cling to him with everything. It's, it's that death that we've, been set, that, we've been, that we've been brought near to Christ, that we have this life. And, and we've been saved from that old, old self. And, and we are still being saved from that every day, of, of dying to ourselves every morning. But then future, we will, we will be one day completely just dumped everything out and a complete new just life with God when we're, when we're glorified. So now in verse 20, Paul just, Paul just halts and, he, and, he, and he's kind of made his point. But now he just wants to praise. And he wants to, after he's taught this to this, after he's, after he's spoken this to the church, he says, now, now, to him, to God, to him, who, to, who, to him who is able to do far more exceedingly, abundantly, above all than we could ever ask or, or even think or imagine. Now, praise to him, praise to him who is able to just do so much more than we could even think and he's able to do that according to the power at work within us. So he says, he is just capable. He is able. We are not. He is capable. And, and the power or the means or the riches that, that he is able to, to do, answer any prayer, fulfill any problem, that same power that God has to to carry that out, he says that's actually living inside of us. That's in your inner being. If truly you, through faith, you've died to yourself, you've taken upon Christ, and through God's Spirit, you are walking in the fullness of God, then, then that same power that God is able to be the creator, the eternal creator, and, and to just to do all of this, that same power, that same means of of power is, is actually in you and it's at power at work within us. And then he says, just then you just you can just picture him in his cell, Paul in his cell writing to this church, and he says, To him be the glory in the church, 
in Christ Jesus throughout every generation on, in heaven and on earth, just every generation that comes, to him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. So I want to ask you, are you walking in that, in that love? Are you walking in that, that newness of life? Paul just urges, he just, he tries so hard to, to, to by the power of the Spirit, to grip our eyes on, on God so that we are looking at him and not at ourselves. And, and Paul just says over and over, I, I therefore a prisoner of the Lord. I'm in chains. I'm, I'm a servant of God. I urge you or I plead with you or I beg you to walk in a manner that's worthy of the calling to which you've been called. You can just, in his cell, he's writing this. He's like, I just, please, please look at this, at this God. Look how terrible you are. You've been saved. You've been miraculously brought near with Christ through his blood. And please walk like that. He says that you were just alienated from God, but now you're not. And he says, just be an imitator of God. Look to him. Walk in love as Christ loved, walked in love. And as, and as Christ gave himself for us as an offering. And he, just, and he just begs you and begs you. He begs you just to look back at, at people who aren't saved. And he says, look at them. Look at the unwise. Look carefully how you walk. Not as, and not as the unwise, not as the unbelievers, but as, as the wise. Make the best use of the time. Honor God with your life, with everything. And then another thing that comes from this is when he says, now to him who is able to do far more abundantly than you could ever think. I want to ask just, what are you praying for? If you have this, if you have this power of God that's, that's in you, that's living through you, are you taking advantage of that? Do you realize that? Are you, are you praying for that? I heard this, um, this quote by King Napoleon, and I'm not even sure who that is, but um, he's saying that one of his, his servants came in and asked him to do something for him. And, and Napoleon said that he honored me by the magnitude of his request. And his servant asked him something so great and so challenging that King Napoleon said, for sure, I will do that for you because you, you believe that I'm king. So do you believe that Christ is king of your life and that he's in you and, and, and taking you over and that he wants to, by the power of, of God, to just do way more than he could ever ask or think? Are you honoring God with the magnitude of your requests? So let's just, let's just close in prayer, but as a final outro, the same way that Paul bows his knee before the Father to ask God to grant, um, to, to grant us, to grant the church in Ephesus power and love through the Spirit. I want to ask you and, and plead with you to please bow your knee. Bow your knee before God and, and ask him to grant you that strength. And, and examine yourself and take yourself back and, and just from his word and ask him to remind you that, that our flesh is, is perishing and that we, 
we don't have too much longer here, and ask God to grant you the power according to his riches and everything that he has, the power to walk in love and to, and to through faith, allow Christ to dwell in our hearts. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you so much that you've offered us this gift of salvation. Thank you so much that um, you've shown us who you are. And Father, we just think of, of our friends, of our family who don't know you and, and have never been redeemed, have never been brought into this family of God, have never been, their eyes have never been, have been brought up to you and have looked upon your, your greatness and your love, Father, and that it hasn't translated into a, a prayer of rep- repentance, Father. But we just thank you, Father, that you've granted to us this salvation and that you've enabled us by your Spirit to, to bow our knees before you with, with empty hands and, and to be saved by you. Just thank you so much, Father. Help us today and throughout this week to proclaim this to our friends and to our family. Help us to take advantage of this, this love and this power, Father, that is, that is truly in us. Help us not to quench this, this Spirit, Father, but help us to just go on and love you and honor you with our time, and, and that, Lord, that Jesus will truly be Lord of our lives and that we will die to ourselves, Father. We just pray that you will, Father, we, we do believe, but help us believe, Father. Help us just believe that you are so able to do way more abundant and that we can trust in you, Lord, to the point that we forsake our, ourselves and we put ourselves aside for your glory and for your honor. And we pray these things in your son's name, Jesus Christ. Amen.